You're listening to Food for the Future on 980 CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. I'm Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. Today's show is part of the monthly Waste Not series in which we discuss food-related waste and other ways that households and communities can act locally to contribute to global change. We'll be discussing how to avoid food waste at university while staying within a student's tight food budget with Paulina Bialik, artist and professional home economist. Welcome, Paulina. Thank you so much, Peggy. It's a pleasure to have you here, Paulina. Paulina, what are some of the unique challenges that university students face regarding food waste? So I would say that the number one challenge for many students is time. Um, Students are typically just very busy trying to find a balance between classes and jobs and social time. Um, It can be really difficult to find times to eat meals and plan food. And I think that goes for everyone, not just students. Um, Eating in a way that nourishes and satisfies you while also being sustainable and avoiding waste can take a lot of planning and preparation. Um, Cooking and grocery shopping also take a lot of time. And if you travel a lot, like many students do, you may be eating on the go a lot and grabbing food outside of home. Um, So having a tight schedule with really like unpredictable hours can just make it harder to put that effort into sustainable eating when you're super busy and hungry and you're usually just kind of looking for whatever you can eat at the time. Um, Money is another barrier since so many students can be on tight budgets. Some students may also be living alone or away from home. Uh, They may have just moved out of their family home instead of maybe like eating with their families as they were used to. So um, others may just be lacking those food skills and knowledge of portion sizes and proper storing techniques. So there can definitely be some interesting challenges for students that are contributing to the high amounts of food waste we see. Wow, so lots of factors going into it, time, money, know-how, and so I'm really glad that you're here on the show to help us with uh, some tips on how to overcome some of those challenges. But before we get into the tips, Paulina, what types of foods do students often waste and what conditions contribute to this? So Zero Waste Scotland did an interesting study in February of 2019. We know that a lot of young people, so kind of between the ages of 18 and 34, contribute a pretty significant amount to that total food waste. But there wasn't really much information about how much food is actually being wasted by students in particular. So they found that the most common foods wasted by students were leftover meals, uh, fresh fruits and vegetables, and potato products so like chips and potato wedges. Um, This was due to several common factors, so not liking the food and foods passing their expiration dates and portions being too large. Um, It's pretty common for people to cook kind of large batches when using recipes and maybe not using exact measurements, especially if you're just cooking for one. Uh, The leftovers can easily end up in the waste when they're not being stored properly or you're just kind of getting bored of eating the same thing for every meal. This definitely goes for grocery shopping as well. I often see people talking about buying vegetables and not being able to finish them all. So, you know, you buy a a whole thing of spinach or something and promise yourself you'll finish it, but you end up throwing half of it away because, you know, you ate the same salad for every meal. So if you aren't really planning your meals and shopping lists, it can be easy to buy too much and end up wasting a lot of it. Um, It might also go bad before you have a chance to finish it. And vegetables are definitely quite notorious for this. 
Um, I also find that with eating out, some places offer meals with really huge portions that are pretty hard to finish in one sitting. So a lot of this food can often end up as waste as well. So a lot of points that waste can enter into the continuing overall pattern of eating as a student, but you mentioned leftovers quite a few times. So let's talk a little bit about that. Uh, it creates a lot of food waste for students, but how can they avoid this? So first of all, most foods, when they're actually stored properly or contained, they can be stored in the fridge for up to three days. And some people might not know that, uh, but storing leftovers properly, so sealed in a Tupperware or covered up for later, is actually a really easy way to end up um, getting that food in the trash. So as I said, I think the problem can also lie in just becoming bored of eating the same thing over and over. Meal planning in a way that you can combine different ingredients is a good way to keep it creative. So like if you can cook a batch of different ingredients and combine them in various ways instead of just using them for one meal, that can probably really help uh, motivate you to finish the food by keeping it interesting. If you live with roommates, maybe swapping meals if possible or taking turns with cooking. I know I often did that with my roomies when I was in my undergraduate studies. Uh, another important point highlighted in the study I mentioned is that large portions are a huge contributor to food waste. If students find themselves often making too much, maybe they can try cutting portions of recipes in half or quarters to just make enough for one meal or two. Um, we can often take food for granted when we're so used to it being available to us. Um, so even just becoming conscious of how much we're wasting is a good start. Okay, so some really, really, really good tips there. I really particularly liked the one about roommates kind of having a night or an evening of the week or rotating the meals because you'd find out new recipes, use the same ingredients in different ways because we all had different backgrounds that we came from. And that one sounds like a lot of... So another area that you had talked about earlier in the show is you didn't call it cooking errors, but um, not knowing how to prepare foods or whether you, you burn something or the milk curdles. So the food skills, so the food literacy, how to prepare foods. So what ways can students newly on their own, you mentioned that sometimes they're uh, away from their families for their first times, how can they learn some basic methods for food preparation? Well, I mean, thanks to our smartphones, you know, we have a plethora of resources disposable to us all the time. So you can pretty much use any social media app to find like photos and videos and recipes for cooking and preparing food. Um, for example, like YouTube and TikTok contain tons of quick and easy videos that students can follow to make their meals. So there can be a lot of positive ways to use these apps. If you prefer recipes, there's so many cookbooks online and at the bookstore if you prefer having like a physical book in front of you. Um, and remembering, you know, everyone has different levels of food skills and preferences. So students should definitely find what works for them. But my advice is don't be afraid to try something new. Even if you don't know how to make scrambled eggs, you know, you're sure to find a video explaining it on the internet. And as students develop these kind of more basic skills, they can slowly learn how to reduce their level of food waste. I think that's a really, really, really good idea. And um, understanding temperature. You know, sometimes an oven is just too hot. Uh, sometimes the stovetop is just too hot. And, and unless you're boiling water, almost very rarely do you ever need it on high. Yet that can be where we all start with, oh, we got to make it high. And then all of a sudden the food is, is burnt or wasted. So excellent, excellent tips. And you had also mentioned expiration dates and how they can be tricky and lead to food waste. And it's an area that can cause some confusion, what best before is versus expiration date. But what suggestions do you have to help students manage this type of waste? 
Um, yeah, Peggy. So like you said, first of all, it's important to know the difference between an expiration date and a best before date. Expired foods, you know, are no longer going to be edible, but a best before date just means this is kind of the time period in which the food is in its best, most fresh condition. So it's still safe to consume beyond this date and it doesn't need to be thrown away, but that can be a really common mistake that people make. When grocery shopping, um, definitely trying to check the dates, making sure you have ample time to cook and eat before it goes bad. Uh, some foods can also be used in a new way before they've gone completely bad. Like bananas, they get really ripe, you can use them for banana bread. Or bread that's gone a little stale, can you can make homemade breadcrumbs and you know using your eggshells and coffee grinds for homemade plant fertilizer. Uh, foods can also be frozen to extend their life, like fresh meat. Um, even fresh fruits and vegetables, you can put them in smoothies if you wanted to. So there's so many tips and tricks for using up your kind of leftover food and ingredients at home and planning ahead of time is definitely really important. Those are all great, great suggestions as well. And in combination of everything you said is if you have an ingredient, you can go onto an app or YouTube or wherever and find how can this ingredient be used in many, many different ways, but also um, team cooking with your colleagues, everybody taking a night. But then it becomes so exciting when you talk about the planning. It's like, oh, it's Thursday, so-and-so's cooking and we're gonna be having whatever the dish is. So it does add that creativity and also something to look forward to as opposed to just being a burden, like, oh my gosh, what am I gonna eat? I've been studying all day and now I've got to get many students are working. I'm wondering, is there any other additional pressures that food waste put on students in terms of meeting their food budget for the month or week, whatever their uh, time frame is in which they spend their food money? Yeah, well, unfortunately, food waste is bad for the environment, but it's also really bad for our wallets. Um, households waste over $1,000 on food waste every year. So it's really not great for students that may have those tighter budgets. Again, this is avoidable food waste. So Focusing on being more sustainable can actually save us money. Uh, another common misconception can be that eating healthy has to be expensive, but being mindful about how much food we're actually wasting can help us stick to the budget and nourish ourselves at the same time. Yeah, great, great advice. And when you think that you had said the average household, those are Canadian statistics, wastes $1,000 a month. When you add that to rising food costs which we heard earlier in the year, late last year, that about another $700. That's $1,700 between increased food costs and the wastage. So that's a lot of money. And uh, although not one student might experience that across a roommate uh, set of three or four, that's definitely something to pay attention to because there's lots of other places that money could go. Thank you so much, Paulina, for these really helpful tips. And after the break, we'll talk about eating nutritiously while staying within a student's tight budget with Paulina Bialik, artist and professional home economist. Welcome back to Food for the Future on 980CFPL and 980CFPL.ca. Here's your host, Peggy O'Neill. Peggy O'Neill, home economist and host of Food for the Future. We're speaking about eating nutritiously on a student's tight food budget with Paulina Bialik, artist and professional home economist. Paulina, this show is in the series Waste Not. Before the break, we talked about how students can avoid food waste. But another area of inefficiency, essentially waste, is consuming too many overly processed foods. We have mass in the gut, but we haven't taken in a lot of nutrients. So what factors contribute to students eating too many, what could be called empty calories? So 
So this is a really good point to make, Maggie. Um, the consumption of over-processed foods has really increased in the past few decades, um, especially in North America, as society's kind of shifted to this focus on convenience and convenience foods. So as you said, these foods are considered empty calories because they're high in added fats and sugars and salt, but they don't really offer very good nutrition. Um, they're usually packaged, which is what makes them so convenient for you know, busy students. So it can be really easy to reach for like a sugary drink and a can of pop or a bag of chips when you're feeling hungry since it's so much easier and faster than cooking or making your food. But the convenient way isn't always the best way. So choosing more of those whole fresh foods is better for your health, but also for the environment. And for your body. So that's really wonderful, wonderful advice. And processed junk food is misleading because it seems like we've staved off hunger but junk food is poor value for the student's money because the nutrients aren't there. So could you expand on this, please? Yeah, like I said before the break, it can seem like healthy eating has to be expensive and that can be a common misconception. Um, we should definitely enjoy and celebrate our food, but proper nourishment is still an important part of our healthy lifestyle. So with junk foods, the calories may be high, but the vitamins and minerals and proteins and fibers that our body needs are just not there. So it's poor value because food prices, as you said, are just so expensive, but there are ways to make food choices that are budget friendly while also being better for us. And when food is delicious, but it's also good for us, um, it just serves its full purpose and has more value. That really makes a lot of sense. And one of the things I think that needs to always be navigated is the food environment. There's no shortage of marketing, whether that's uh, certain types of drinks and it's convenient and it becomes affiliated with, you know, kind of popular culture almost, that there's so much temptation and uh, so many pressures. So I'm so glad that you're here because you can offer us some strategies to eat nutritiously while on a tight student food budget. So do you have some strategies? Yeah, I think, um, as I said, it really comes down to planning ahead um, and using coupons and flyers to find good deals for your shopping list can really help you save some dollars. I always recommend having a shopping list beforehand that just kind of helps you buy what you need and make fewer of those impulse purchases. I also don't recommend going to the store when you're hungry because you're probably going to buy a lot of more foods that you don't really necessarily need. Um, many stores now also offer these carts of fresh foods that are close to the end of their shelf life. So they're marked at reduced prices like 30% off, 50% off. Um, you can also base your meals off of what's on sale. So kind of like a reverse shopping list. So you could buy all your groceries um, on sale items with foods you enjoy, of course, and then find recipes based on the ingredients you have. This is also a good way to use up any kind of leftover ingredients in your fridge. Um, there's apps that'll do it for you. I really like using the app Tasty. It has a lot of great recipes, but you can also put in whatever you have in your fridge and it'll uh, give you a bunch of recipes. So that's very cool. It can also be helpful to buy like frozen foods. So fruits and vegetables, those are going to last you longer. And trying to buy those more dry ingredients like rice and pasta and quinoa um, in bulk if you can. Doing this saves you money in the long run and it's going to reduce the amount of shopping trips you need to go on. So um, but when buying like fresh ingredients, so more the fruits and vegetables, try to buy smaller portions where you can that you're actually going to eat. That's going to help you save money and waste less. And fruits and vegetables that are in season are also usually less expensive. So it's a good idea to choose those. 
And as well, choosing in season and locally is good for the local economy and for the environment. So it's always a great choice. Um, canned foods like beans and peas and lentils, they often go on sale and they're really uh, an easy way to increase your fiber and plant-based proteins. So I definitely recommend people stock up on those. And don't be afraid to try different stores and shop around to help eat well on your budget. Recently, I started trying to even grow my own herbs and vegetables at home. So that can be a fun project and a good way to have some of those foods available to you. That's really exciting. So we talked before the break about being creative and, um, you know, cooking and learning some new literacy skills, but also growing some of your own food, even if that's just the herbs that reconnects us to the soil and to the life cycle. And so that's really very creative, which leads me to my next question that is, uh, we have the food we add the humanities, so philosophy, history, and creativity to today's food dialogue here on Food for the Future. And how can these approaches be applied to help students avoid food waste? Um, so often on the show, Peggy, you mentioned this concept of a circular economy. I think creativity is actually really important to the idea of giving new life to things that would otherwise be wasted. And, you know, we really need creative solutions for some of the complex problems in our global food system today. Uh, in a way, you know, we all have our own philosophy when it comes to food and the choices we make. But at the end of the day, food is such a big part of all of our lives. So avoiding food waste is about the actions we take, but it's also really rooted in how we think about food and the values we place around it. So thinking about food as having its own life cycle and how it interacts with our life cycle can really change the way we view it and hopefully encourage those more sustainable practices. Uh, so really, it's very much about our, you know, our health and health eating nutritiously and, you know, culturally appropriately, but also thinking about the future, um, social sustainability and environmental sustainability. And as you said, the creativity required to evolve those ideas. That's that's amazing. And we're out of time, Paulina. Do you have any final thoughts to offer our listeners? Um, I think just to not give up hope, I know sometimes it can feel like the little things we're doing don't really matter, but we have to remember that there is a global community of people who share these values and are trying to create a more sustainable world that we can all be a part of. So I hope students and all the listeners uh, in general are inspired to find ways to avoid food waste and feel good about the food choices they're making. And Peggy, I just want to say thank you for putting together such an amazing platform that gives voice to so many different perspectives and positive messages through what's been a really difficult time for a lot of people. Um, I know we see a lot of bad news every day and it can feel all bad at times, but on your show, there are a lot of great people doing really great things and trying to make a better future. So you're truly an inspiration to us all. And thank you so much again for having me today. Oh, Paulina, thank you very much. That means the world to me. And we have had some wonderful guests, including yourself, amazing listeners, wonderful sponsors, and of course, uh, 980 CFPL is a, a fabulous uh, member of the Chorus Entertainment family. So it's, it's really wonderful. And so thank you for saying that. Thank you, Paulina, for our conversation today, too. And your wealth of knowledge, and you've really provided students getting ready to go to university for the first time or to go back to university in the upcoming weeks, some very useful strategies to avoid waste and to meet their food budgets while eating nutritiously. So thank you. You're welcome, Peggy. It's been just a pleasure to have you, Paulina, on the show. Today on Food for the Future, we've been speaking about the ways students can manage food waste while meeting their tight food budgets with Paulina Bialik, artist and home economist. 
Each week, we leave you with something to talk about and something to do. Something to talk about? How could you help students that you know avoid food waste and eat nutritiously? Something to do? Visit zerowastescotland.org to find a 2019 study on student food waste and recommendations for change. Next week on the show, it's What's in Season. We'll hear about innovations in family farming and environmental conversation, as well as where to get local in-season sunflower oil with Chris and Vivian Crump, founders of the Crump Family Farm near Poplar Hill, Ontario, just outside the city of London. I'm your host, Peggy O'Neill, Home Economist, and you've been listening to the show, Food for the Future. Thank you to our platinum-level sponsors, Burnbray Farms, Eggs for Life, and the Middlesex London Food Policy Council. Food for the Future with Peggy O'Neill airs every Saturday at 8.30 on 980 CFPL and 980 CFPL.ca.